0: Hey, Megan.
1: Hey, Nicholas.
0: So, what did we talk about today?
1: Today, we talked about the trends that we've noticed uh, in 2021.
0: We did. We talked about email marketing. We talked about
1: uh, groups and messaging.
0: And we talked about being one of the cool kids in Clubhouse. All that and more on another exciting episode of the Refreshing Edge podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Refreshing Edge podcast hosted by Megan and Nicholas DeSalvo, about what businesses go through when branding, developing creative, and marketing their business in an ever-changing digital climate.
1: It's also about leadership, company culture, building community, working with your spouse, and whatever we feel is important to share with you today.
0: You might know Megan as an amazing wife, incredible mother, thespian, entrepreneur, co-owner, and creator of opportunities at Edge One Media and volunteer for every nonprofit organization that exists in Portland and maybe beyond.
1: You might know Nicholas for his love of coffee, tennis, watches, video games, and all things Portland. Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas.
0: How's it going today?
1: It is going. How's your day?
0: It's it's going. (laughs) Everything is going right now. We are in February of 2021. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Feels like just yesterday we were kids in 1999. (laughs) Here (laughs) we are now. Or in 1962, we were nobody knows that. how old we are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here we are. It's 2021. We're in the middle of a global pandemic, oh, which are refuses we so? it refuses to end. <laughs> in one month, we'll hit the one year anniversary of total and complete shutdown,
1: and we'll celebrate it by not getting together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> celebrate separately. Uh, well, you and I might be together, but yeah. the rest of the world will not see us. And uh, well, so, but shutdown had some pretty profound effects on business this last year,
1: especially in Oregon.
0: Especially in Oregon, where lockdowns have been tight among the tightest in the country, uh, and uh, many other places in the United States are a lot more open than they are in Oregon right now. And that's causing some significant problems for businesses, certain types of businesses, for sure, like restaurants, gyms, things like that. Um, And it's created new ways of doing things. Our lives have changed completely in the last year.
1: And marketing,
0: marketing has changed a lot in the last year
1: that's very true. And, uh, our client roster has changed a lot in the last year. We have a lot of the same businesses that we've worked with for, you know, 10, five, 10 years, but, uh, we have some new ones, uh, from some of those sectors that have been impacted heavily, uh, which, you know, has caused us to have more knowledge of what's happened, uh, across the, across the board universally to, um, different industries. So, uh, I feel like we have a pretty good handle on the climate right now and what is happening and what has happened. And I think, you know, we, we used to be able to project what was going to happen. We would have, you know, some idea of what was ahead. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's been the hardest part through this whole time is that you didn't really know from day to day or week to week what the next thing was going to be, the next roadblock or hurdle was going to be for business. So, um, I feel pretty confident now that we uh, are in a spot where, you know, we can't predict too far into the future, but we can, we can kind of know what's going to work for our clients and what isn't.
0: Well, certainly there have been some trends. That have established themselves as things that are here to stay, and uh, and also, uh, though we may not be able to know the future, it feels like at least some of the the big sweeping gigantic uh, very surprises might be behind us. That may not be true. There could be something gigantic in the very near future that we're not thinking of, but. It's, it's hard to imagine uh, something that would happen now that would be more of a shock than the complete shutdown we experienced last March.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, you know we, we might take a few steps forward and a few steps back here and there along the way. But I feel like we have a consistent um, understanding of even if you have to take steps back, what that might look like and how you might adapt your business or your marketing plan to... Um, fit inside of whatever confined structure you're provided with, and and I think yeah. that's that's been the best part is now now we have kind of a full faceted approach. Um, you know, it's interesting because we have snow on the horizon here, Nicholas. I don't know if you're aware. Uh, oh,
0: no, coming. Are we supposed to have snow here we in Oregon?
1: Are. And in in Portland specifically, people kind of freak out about the snow here
0: that is true has that um, always
1: been the case
0: i think so i mean i went out and bought 70 pounds of kale today is that is that too much
1: <laughs> i i hear the shortage is actually like lettuce and cucumbers this time around who knows
0: oh uh, well yeah see i got the kale because i couldn't find the lettuce and the cucumbers unbelievable <laughs>
1: For um, the next
0: several days we'll be without lettuce and cucumbers what are we going to do
1: but well, but the difference is, Nicholas, is that typically, you know, Portlanders would get like a snow day, or you would get, you know, kind of a snow day from work. Uh, some businesses would shut down, some businesses would keep going. And now we've all adapted to this online environment. Nobody's getting a day off. Nobody's getting a day off from school or work or anything these days.
0: It's all a conspiracy to keep us down. That's <laughs> what I have decided. It's the man.
1: It is the man.
0: They've locked us down and now they've taken away our snow days <laughs> for crying out loud.
1: Uh, but that's, you know, that's what I feel like uh, has happened for our business uh, clients as well is, is that, you know, whatever the parameters in which they need to operate might be, there's a way for them to continue to do business in a forward thinking manner and, um, you know, there's a way for us to market whatever that might be that they're doing.
0: Yeah, so a couple of things that we have noticed are that uh, while some sectors of the economy are struggling mightily, food service and hospital- hospitality is one that did take a hit initially and, and also gyms and, and places where you have to gather performance spaces, things like that. Those have taken significant, like devastating blows. But sectors like home services, and construction, and real estate, those have gone bonkers. And so it's it's really interesting to see industries in complete disparate circumstances. where One is completely at the bottom of the barrel and the other ones are skyrocketing. Uh, And so I initially didn't really know what to make of that. I I know at the beginning, we were concerned that the economy as a whole was going to to be completely devastated. We were going to be in serious trouble. And it it turns out that didn't completely happen the way we sort of thought. But the things that we did think at the time um, for marketing your business, for keeping your business float... Those were values that turned out to be true. At the time, we thought that you needed to go over uh, the top with how you were contacting your clients and customers in all the ways that were available to you. And since we were apart and weren't able to get together in traditional ways, we needed to find digital ways to connect. And I think that businesses who completely wrapped around their arms around that premise really have succeeded in, you know, the post COVID world, while people who have struggled in that way, uh, haven't seen quite the same success. Um, I know that we went all in on just trying to connect with as many people as possible. And I think that really helped our business and, and uh, we're we're doing pretty well today. And uh, I know that I I had a meeting with another Digital marketing firm recently, and they're struggling significantly because they relied a lot on in-person um, events to spread the word about their business, and they couldn't adapt in the in the same way, and they were struggling. So, um, I think that if you can adopt the these sort of groundbreaking ways that we Have available, the innovative ways that we have available to connect with people, you can uh, you can really succeed and at least get the attention of people who matter to your business.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's a good point. You know, when this first happened and I've talked about it a couple of times on on our podcast is uh, I just wanted to reach out and help as many business owners as I could. Because I saw the writing on the wall that people were gonna hunker down and not adapt and not figure out what the next step was for them to take. And I felt like if that happened on the other end of this, there would be just a disaster of businesses that didn't make it through because they didn't figure it out quick enough. And sure enough, along the way, uh, I talked with a lot of businesses, but along the way, even today, you know, still people are continuously adapting to whatever the, the new thing might be that they have to deal with. Um, whether it be uh, the complete shutdown of their business or, you know, stepping back of business or be it opening up, like even right now, as we expand and open up, you know, we can have six people in gyms and now Friday we can have 12 and we can go to 25% capacity inside restaurants. And while that's great news that we're headed in that direction, uh, the harsh reality for a lot of these businesses is that they've changed their models and they've got to figure out how to make it profitable to be open in person again. And in some cases it doesn't make sense to do so or they need to have a specific amount of people. You know, uh, If they have class for 12, if they don't have six or seven people in that class, they don't even break even. So, um, you know, where they were getting six and, and, and they needed to just have four or five, you know, just, it keeps on adding to what they need to do to be able to adapt and grow their offerings. Um, and some people are finding that they enjoy their virtual offerings more than their in-person offerings, and they don't want to go back. And that's an interesting, um, thing too, to, to see that there's definitely a segment of the population that's not going to go back. And, And early on you and I, talked to our clients and to people who would listen to us about how we knew that was going to be the case. We knew that there were going to be people who found that, that this virtual environment gave them more time and flexibility and they didn't have to commute places and they didn't have to do business a certain way. And, um, and I think it'll be really interesting here in the next year to see as things do open up and expand how people adapt to that change. And, and if, if consumers really want it, um, and I think depending on your industry, the answers are going to vary. Some industries, consumers are going to be great and happy to come back. But I think there are going to be some industries where where con- consumers really aren't going to want to be in person anymore. Um, they're, they're going to really enjoy that, the virtual aspect that gives them more time to do what they want to do in their life, which may not be whatever service you're offering to them. You know, it might be a necessity in their life, but maybe it's not what they really wanna be spending their time doing. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, but uh, I I definitely think no matter what, you need to have a marketing strategy and and an idea of what you wanna be telling your target audience in this time. So I think that's a little bit of what we should talk about today too.
0: Yeah, well, so there are lots of businesses that don't really have a path back to profitability in the near or even distant future. And it's gonna be very interesting to see what sticks from uh, this this lockdown and what what goes back to the way it was, if anything. But I do think that it is an an interesting note that that there are some things that are great about doing things virtually like travel time and uh, more flexibility to be with your family and stuff like that. So that's a kind of an interesting thing. The other thing it has done is it for, has forced a lot of innovation where we didn't have it before. And there are some new ways and new methods that have become very effective in reaching out to your audiences that maybe we didn't think about or have available to us uh, before. And so uh, I, there's a couple of things that I wanna to talk to you about in that realm, and and one of them is something that we talked about a lot at the very start, and that is email marketing. Email marketing, I think, was something that people were very hesitant to do, particularly in small business, because the objection always was that they didn't want to bother any of their clients or customers or patients. Uh, They didn't want to fill people's inbox with spam or things that they didn't want to read. But I do think that, as it turns out, uh, in the pandemic, email has been one of the most effective ways. And it was before, by the way.
1: If people listen.
0: Yeah. But it has turned out, you know, as people have embraced sending out emails, it's turned out to be one of the most effective ways you can market your business. And your customers, your clients and customers are going to be much more tolerant of the email that you send than you think they are going to be. People who sign up or do business with you, they want to hear from you. They want the relationship that you establish. And so you have to send people email that they might want to read. It can't just be like, hey, I sell this. Hey, I sell this. Hey, I sell this but it is a way to continue a relationship that you're not able to have in person. And you know, for businesses and services and people who sell products, it is a moneymaker. You send out email, you get back dollars. And so when we think about all the marketing actions we can take around the internet, one of the biggest ones we can do is build an email list so that we can send out emails and get back dollars.
1: Absolutely. And I think um, far too often people sit on a goldmine of emails and they don't, you know, they don't use them. And then they say, oh, well, I just, just don't know if I can use these because they're so many years old. And I think um, that's one of the biggest misconceptions, you know, in, in sending out a newsletter, especially sending out your initial newsletter, you get to, you get to sort of frame it and say, Hey, it's so great to be able to reach out to you again. I know that it has been a while. Um, and then you can explain why it is you're going to be sending these on a more regular basis to keep in touch with them or to let them know what, what's going on in your business. Um, and sure, you're gonna have people who unsubscribe or you're gonna have emails that bounce because they're no longer valid, That that always happens. And people tend to focus too much on those numbers and don't realize that really th- that wasn't your target audience anyway. If the emails bounced or uh, they unsubscribed, they weren't really the people you're trying to reach with this messaging anyway. Um, and it's it's been amazing to see the clients that have embraced um, sending out their newsletters and and the clients who've embraced not just sending out your, their newsletters, but instead of monthly, some of our clients have gone to weekly um, and then some just a couple times a month. It, it sort of depends on, The industry as to what we've instructed them to do, but the ones that have really embraced it and sent out a weekly newsletter is amazing to see the traction they've received on that. How many people have enjoyed it. Um, you know, I know someone who sends out daily affirmations and she's sending a newsletter every day and she's getting thank yous, uh, and her list is growing. So I think it really just depends on what, what is your industry? What's your purpose? Why are you sending these? Do they provide value to your audience? And, um, you know, I I think as long as you're making actionable, tangible content that people can use and find useful, then keep sending.
0: Keep sending. Just send out newsletters. I think the theme of this episode will just be, you, you know, just reach out and contact your people, you know? Keep the conversation active. Keep the relationship going. Figure okay. out how you can be a part of their life.
1: That Yes, that is the next thing I'd like to bring up, unless you have more to talk about on, on newsletters. Anything else you want to say there? Uh,
0: no, and so actually there is one last thing. And when we say newsletters, we mean email campaigns and <clears throat> not print newsletters. That came up with a client recently who had trouble with the vernacular, the parlance of newsletters versus email campaigns. And we had to go through what, what each of those things meant.
1: Yeah. Some people (laughs) call it e-blasts. There's all kinds of names for that. But
0: But what we really mean is sending out emails in a branded way to your people. They They don't even have to be super branded. They just send out emails, bulk emails in mass.
1: In a good way though have a strategy around it.
0: (laughs) Oh, there's so many, there's so many email strategies. That's a whole different, it's a whole different podcast. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, the the next thing that
1: I wanted to touch on was um, what you were saying about continuing the conversation and creating conversation. I think um, socially on social media Uh, there are too many people who just blast out information and they, uh, say what they do and how they do it and how they're better than so-and-so. And really what, what social media should be used for is to start and continue a conversation within your business, whatever that might be. And for some, it might be super salesy and for others, it might be more educational. Um, and then there's some where it might be a mix of educational fun and salesy. But there needs to be some sort of strategy around the communication of your messaging so that you aren't just shoving information down uh, the throat of the people that are listening uh, to your messaging, but that you are actually uh, having interactions and engagement in an authentic way and building a community of people around your brand to be brand ambassadors, to share your messaging and information. Um, and it's been really great during this time. We've actually seen a lot more uh, traction and interaction and engagement on really great social media posts and shares um, and all kinds of great analytics on um, videos. And so I think just um, you know, reiterating that, that you really need to frame what you're doing as a, as a conversation and how can you interact in an engaging way. Um, and capture people's attention in that first couple lines or the first sentence of your video uh, to really grab attention and um, continue that conversation going. What do you think about that?
0: Agree. (laughs) Agree completely. Keep, so the key to social media, when you're thinking about posting as your business, the key to social media is creating engagement around the things that you're posting. Creating engagement on a particular piece of content allows that content to live longer. You know, as long as people are liking and commenting, it will stay in feeds. When people don't, it will die off very quickly. And so you have to do some research to think about the things that you post and what are the things that you're posting that are popular or that resonate with people or they get a big reach by themselves naturally. There are a number of things that do pretty well naturally. And they're usually more about the person or people who post them than they are about the services or business they're promoting.
1: There was a client of ours who recently, I went over her posts and analytics with her. And she was surprised that a random picture she decided to share of her family was the top post for the month. Mm. And she, it just shocked her. And she really, like, she just didn't understand it. She was, she was like, why aren't all of these other images of what I'm doing and what I'm all about, you know, getting more traction than this silly picture of my family. And I think it's because people really wanna connect with people and and the humanity behind your brand is the human elements are so important. To share, so um, you know, be a little bit transparent, pull back the layer, and um, you know, share share where you feel comfortable, what what you feel comfortable sharing.
0: Yeah, and I think that this is a broad generalization, but people don't really care about what you do. They don't. They want an expert. They want to know that you're the best, or that you can do it in a way, or or that. It speaks to them somehow, but they don't really care about what you do. And so the things that you post about what you do, um, they tend not to be very engaging when you post about the services that you offer. You know, we offer business card design services. Who is going to like that? You know? It's important to show off the work that we have. So, if, if somebody is looking for business card services in particular, and I don't know why I picked that particular thing because it's not a real big part I'm of our really business. I sure not why
1: you did either, but whatever.
0: But, but, but really, can you think of what would be engaging about you saying that you designed business cards as opposed to? how you design business cards or why you design business cards or why you're passionate about it or why you pick certain things for, for business cards.
1: Or the feeling someone gets when they touch a business card.
0: Absolutely. The experience of holding it for the first time of picking the paper, of making the choices or peeling back the curtain to reveal why you're doing the things that you're doing reveals reveals a human element about who you are the people behind it, the people you're supporting. Are you, know, you playing with pe- business
1: cards in your hand right now?
0: I am not.
1: Oh, okay. That I don't actually
0: have <laughs> any business cards in my reach. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not true. Found one. Found a couple. Here they are. <laughs> Nicholas DeSalvo business cards. Um, they're green. They say, give your brand a refreshing edge.
1: Oh, surprise, surprise.
0: Get out of town. So I think, you know, posting engaging content, that stuff's always going to do well. The other thing I want to say that has emerged as a really big uh, driver of business on social media are groups, Facebook groups, or we use a lot of Facebook groups, but groups in particular around a specific thing. And they could be groups that you start and manage, or they could just be groups that you engage in. But if you can engage in a group that's related to your business or a networking group of some kind, and you can help people in that group, you can drive a lot of business, your direction.
1: Or a clubhouse group.
0: Well, Hey, wait, wait now. Just a second. That's my third thing. Oh, (laughs) I'm talking about groups uh, on Facebook. Uh, and other places there are other groups that you could be a part of but facebook is probably the biggest execution of this that i can think of yeah facebook and,
1: groups linkedin groups yeah
0: yeah uh, and so you know really you're just just going out of your way to help people i know that in the groups that you're a part of online people post questions about things and you bend over backwards to try to answer those things you know, if you don't know the answer yourself, you'll ask everybody on our team until you can get an answer so that you can help a person. And you've done that so many times that you've built this reputation to help people so that when somebody has a question about marketing or web design or, or branding or all any of the services that we offer, you are the go-to person. Everybody says, talk to Megan, talk to Megan. You need to talk to Megan. Megan is the best. Oh my gosh. I used her this one time. She was so great. I met with Megan. She solved all of my problems. <laughs> um, and, and that actually happens. And that's uh, how we drive a lot of the business, Is We just try to help people as much as we can. You try to help people as much as you can.
1: People love like, me. They really love me. <laughs>
0: Well, but you love other people. You give you show you're generous with your time and your talent and, and the things that you could do that are easy that would be life changing to find
1: Yeah, I try to show that yeah, that's true.
0: And so you you do this thing where you, you do stuff for other people without the expectation of anything in return. And by doing it that way, you get a lot of things in return.
1: That is true. It's amazing. I I mean, I believe firmly in this, it all sort of comes around mentality, you know, where if you, you know, if you can help people, and I've always believed that, you know, if someone has a problem or a question or something that they pose, it doesn't have to be me who solves it or, or answers it, but there, there should be someone who does mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll usually look at something, you know, like today, there were several posts that I looked at in the groups that I'm a part of. And some of them were questions that I was like, we probably could answer this, but I waited to just pause and see if someone else could pop up and, and answer, you know, cause I want to give people the opportunity to help. Um, but it's in those moments where nobody rises to the occasion and I'll, I'll usually like check back in on the post to see. And if an hour or two goes by and nobody's really answering it then that's when I sort of start my hunt and search to find someone who can answer the question. Um, and I'll text people outside of our group. I mean, sometimes it's it is someone, you know, on our staff because it is a marketing question or a web design question or a branding question. But I mean, I've had people who've asked other questions, legal questions or, um, you know, questions about childcare, all kinds of things. And I will just text people I know until I find somebody who can answer the question. <laughs> <It's>
0: so <laughs> that's really say, true. You know,
1: I know this person, and uh, you know if it's if it's within a group, I try to keep it people within that group, obviously. But um, but I do just try to help people if I can because I think that's important.
0: Yeah. So in this in this way, we have talked about groups as a mechanism to generate business and the tactics that you use in particular to generate that business.
1: I think we could probably have a whole podcast on groups and how, how I use them, but also why I'm a part of so many.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe we will someday. Um, But just touching on some of the things that have arisen in the last year, I think groups is a big one, but also some of the new technology that has come out that is available to us. Sometime over the summer, we started hearing people talk about Clubhouse as a way to connect with people. And and similar to Facebook groups, there are ways to create groups and to talk about things, but in Clubhouse, you actually talk about things. It's an audio platform where you can go and talk to people about a particular topic or any number of things really in different rooms. You join rooms, you follow people, um, you get involved in different discussions. Sometimes it's just a presentation. And sometimes it's really is kind of a, uh, all hands on deck situation. But- And it
1: is an invite only app at this point. That's uh, so you true. have to know somebody to be invited into uh, the club uh, for Clubhouse. But-
0: clubhouse it just happens that we're one of the cool kids um Uh, yes it's invite only and also ios only
1: i was just gonna say yeah ios only so no no android at this point um but i think you know their plan is to open up the platform you know when they can uh so that's that'll be something that we dive into a little bit more we've uh been a part of several rooms um you know several clubs within there. Um, and, and it's an interesting experience to just be able to, uh, talk with somebody, you know, and they, and this is worldwide. So you're not really sure where people are from until you get a chance to talk with them. Um, but it gives you opportunity, uh, to connect with people in a way that we've never had the opportunity to before. And, um, I know several people who it is helping grow their business or helping, um, grow their uh, ability to speak at, at other events. And I think that, um, you know, Nicholas and I intend at some point to uh, put together a uh, refreshing edge clubhouse um, club, but. Uh,
0: Maybe we'll and- make a refreshing edge podcast on clubhouse.
1: Yeah. I think we'll start to do some uh, podcast like. Clubs on or club rooms on Clubhouse. So it's... Get the parlance uh, right, Megan. I was going to say, I don't have the terminology down right, obviously. And we're recording this at like 1030 at night. So to be fair. We
0: are. It is quite (laughs) late. And actually, Megan is at home and I'm still at the office. So we're doing this over Zoom and we're chatting. But (laughs) uh, one of the things that's interesting to me about Clubhouse is that uh, so many times in this digital world that we live in, we're typing stuff, we're typing out messages on social media, we're typing out emails, trying to do things. It would be just be helpful to have a conversation with somebody, you know, so many things can get sorted out in a conversation that take a really long time to do when you're trying to type out a message. And so what's really cool is that there is this kind of presentation and this conversation that can happen in a, elegant way on clubhouse that people are adopting significantly and adopting so much that other big tech companies are starting to test out uh, competitors and features that are the same thing. And so, you know, I don't know if clubhouse is going to be end up being the platform that people use for this thing, or if it's just a, a feature that would be cool to implement into something like Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever it ends up being. But it is exciting to see what is happening and how people are utilizing the platform right now to really establish themselves as experts in their fields.
1: Well, and the ability also to to just, you know, like last night I hopped into Grant Cardone's room and just to, you know, listen to these people that you admire speak about topics that you're interested in. And to be able to, you know, use the feature of raise your hand, and hop on stage with them and ask them a question and have yeah, them how's, answer right there.
0: How is Grant doing?
1: <laughs> Great.
0: Did you tell him hi for me?
1: I, I totally did.
0: Yeah, yeah. we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go fishing this summer. It's gonna be a thing. It'll be fine. So. <laughs> uh,
1: but you know, I, I think I think that really during this last year if I were to sum up the entire thing, uh, we have a lack of connection that occurred based on the inability to be together in groups in ways that we used to, you know, that we just have done for, for many, many decades. And I think that the innovation in this time to create places where people can gather virtually and hear one another's voice or, watch someone's video or interact with a piece of content. I think that that uh, is a very powerful thing. And um, and I feel like even though we've been separated during this time, uh, if you've been able to utilize any of these uh, technology platforms to your advantage, then you're gonna come out of this feeling more connected with a broader audience than you have in a really long time.
0: Yeah. When we cannot be together in traditional ways that we have been used to being together, you we need to find different ways to be together. And because the digital platforms, as good as they are, are not quite the same as being together in person. We have to go over the top in in how we are interacting with these platforms to get our message out. I think.
1: So I think we should give some homework because we haven't done this in a while. Uh, we've been doing interview podcasts and this is one of our you know, first ones back where we are together chatting. So I think- Just you uh, and me, just I you and I, give some just me and you, to
0: the just I and yourself. No, that doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> so I think the homework should be that if you aren't part of a group on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you like to spend your time, uh, that you go check out some groups. If you are a part of groups, are you engaging in them in a meaningful way? Um, And if you're a part of too many groups, also pare those down, because you don't need to be in like 100 groups or 50 (laughs) groups. You know, you need to pick like six groups or so that you really can be impactful in. So I think you should do that.
0: Okay, so if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying go find a relevant group to be a part of or relevant groups to be a part of. Engage in those groups in a meaningful way and don't join too many.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Also send out email for crying out loud.
1: (laughs) And uh, if you aren't part of the club, then find somebody to give you an invite so you can learn about Clubhouse and see what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, and if you don't have an iPhone, what are you even doing with your life?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Apple should give you a commercial for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, good talk, Megan, good talk.
1: Yeah, it's always great to talk.
0: So, in conclusion, do you know what one of my pet peeves is, Megan? What? When people say, in conclusion... (laughs) <laughs> to end a speech I hate that
1: I don't like it either why'd you do it
0: Well I'm just trying to wrap up here So that we can record our intro And Post this amazing Experience we've had you and I together
1: Which on we'll the probably internet. edit out half of this stuff Anyway right
0: <laughs> We won't edit out
1: Shh <laughs> uh, So Everyone should go do their homework.
0: Do your homework. Go join a group. I hear the Refreshing Edge group is a good one to join if you're interested.
1: Hint, hint, When quink nudge, nudge, you know what I mean?
0: And have yourself a refreshing day.
1: (laughs) All right. Talk soon.
0: If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Share it with a friend. Follow us on the socials.
1: At Edge One Media.
0: At This Is Nicholas DeSalvo. Or
1: at Megan DeSalvo.